This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 75 with guest Rebecca Baruki. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 75. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey everyone, as usual, very excited to have you here and to introduce you to today's guest, Bex Baruki. Um, She's a woman that I met at Soul Camp in an instant connection. I actually, she brought her baby to Soul Camp and um, at one point she was like trying to sit down and and I asked her, and I'm like, do you want me to hold your baby? And she's like, no, it's okay. And I'm like, I can also nurse her for you if you want. So we had a good laugh about that. And she's, she was actually open to that, although I don't have any milk left. But um, I knew we were going to be friends if she agreed to that. So let me tell you a little bit about Bex. Rebecca Bex Baruki, founder of Bex Life and the Blist in Wellness Movement, is a mother of five, TV host, yoga, and meditation guide, Hay House author, birth doula, and popular YouTuber. She also travels extensively, sharing her love for yoga, wellness, and meditation at exclusive workshops, luxury retreats, and public events. Super excited to have her on here. I know you guys will love her as much as I do. But before we get started with the interview, I wanted to tell you about a couple of things we have going on over here at Your Kick-Ass Life. Two very different things, but very similar because obviously they both involve living a kick-ass life. So what's not to love about that? The first thing is that the sale is still going on for my book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. It's been out for two years, and in celebration of that, and because it's the holidays, I am offering a sale on my personalized signed copies. So you can get your hot little hands on one of those for only 15 bucks, and that includes shipping here in the United States. Uh, yourkickasslife.com forward slash 52 ways. That's the number five, two ways. The other thing that I'm so excited about is coming up in May of 2016, myself and Amy Smith, who's also my best friend over at the Joy Junkie and our other really great friend and colleague, Kira Sabin, are taking a group of women to Cancun, Mexico for what we lovingly call the Tanning Tacos and Transformation Retreat. It's a four-day event where we are going to talk about some really, really important things, all all things personal development, and we're staying at an all-inclusive resort on the beach in Cancun, Mexico. We actually sold out this retreat in a month in August. All 30 spots were filled up, and Kira has got some some connections, I guess, with the powers that be. And she was able to open up 15 more spots. So we have some spots available and I would love to have you there and meet you in person and squeeze you and get to teach you and hear your stories and all of those things. If you go to triple T retreat.com, it's the word triple uh, the letter T retreat.com. You can find all of the information and we still have a payment plan at this point in time, but you have to get in soon because the payment plan is going to go away. And if we still have spots, 
later on. I believe it's at the end of January. You can still come, but you will have to pay in full. So get on it. I would love to see you in person. Retreats are like one of my favorite things to do to get in front of people and see you in the flesh and hug you and just be able to hear your voices and see your smiles. It just, it moves me. I can't even describe. So I would love to have you experience that with me triple t retreat.com or if you would like a signed copy of my book on sale go to your forward slash 52 ways that's what i got for you uh this month of november thank you again so much for supporting me here on this podcast i love doing these interviews i love doing my podcast episodes solo as well so without further ado here is bex Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to episode 75. So excited. You just heard a little bit about Rebecca Baruki, and we call her Bex, and that's what you like to be known as, right? You go by Bex? Sure. All right. I, I met Bex at Soul Camp and immediately was like, you have to come and be on my podcast. The thing I love is that she brought her daughter to Soul Camp. Remember when I asked you, I'm like, is that your first baby? You're like, Atna was my fifth. My fifth. <laughs> You looked like you knew what you were doing, but yeah. Thank you. I, I practice. <laughs> Had a few times to practice. And I immediately came home and, and looked Bex up online and love everything she does. And you all know, ass kickers, that I've had a tumultuous relationship with meditation and yoga and anything <laughs> that goes along with that. And you know, I've had I've had one other guest that talks specifically about it. And I, I want to have more people on that can talk about slowing down in life because I would say all of my listeners are ridiculously busy and are really in touch with their productive side <laughs> and really want to learn to surrender and um, just kind of relax a little bit, you know, without without slack, without being slackers. And that's why I have you here, Bex, to share all of your wisdom. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You are so much fun. Oh, good. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And let me start this way. So I was I was stalking you on your website, and I think it was on your about page. And this just jumped out at me, and I I wanted to read just a few lines and and have you talk about it a little bit more. So as you introduce yourself, here, here's how it goes. I'm Bex, and I'm here to show you how to get totally blissed in about living a truly happy, healthy, and fulfilled life. My method is simple. I live and let you watch me do it. My secret. It's what's kind, easy, and sustainable is what's best. Yeah, right on. <laughs> You're like, she's smart. Oh, I wrote it. <laughs> it's so funny though how I, I'm so polite on my about page because usually it's like I'm not doing I'm not doing this if it ain't easy, basically. <laughs> um, and and I want that message uh, to be heard is that anything that you want in life that's worthwhile, happiness, success, money, all of those things. They do require work, but it doesn't have to be hard work. And if work was hard for me, I just wouldn't do it. I have to be having fun. And I, that's, that's my message. That's my method. So I do live my life out loud and in public. I do let people into the intimate and personal parts of my life, having babies, um, you know, growing a relationship, raising my kids, all of that, so that I can show them the joy and the ease that I find in my everyday so that they can see an example of this. And an example of this from someone who does not have a lot of advantages in life, um, plain and simple. I came from poverty. I kind of picked myself up by my bootstraps. I've done a lot of self-healing work. Like this is this is me. I take ownership of where I am. 
Well, I love that. You know, I don't know your story. I, I, I poked around your website, but I didn't see it in there. So that's really interesting that, because I'm always kind of curious about that. I know that people assume that I had like a super ridiculously easy life. And when they hear my story, they're like, oh, shit, you've been through hell and back. And so do you have a similar story? You said you came from poverty. Uh, both. Well, it's, it's multi-layered, but, um, and, and one it's like chicken and the egg. So my parents both came from situations where they were abused as children. Both of them lived, um, were survivors of sexual abuse and my father of sexual abuse and incest. And that informed a lot of, of course, the way that they, um, raised their own children, how they behaved in the world. So I grew up in a situation that wasn't healthy. It was mutually abusive, especially verbally and emotionally. Um, there was infidelity. I myself is, am a product of an extramarital affair and not to go deep down that rabbit hole, but it was complicated. And I was raised by um, my father. I call him my father, but he was really my adoptive father because my mother had an affair and he chose to keep me. And there was a lot of resentment and weirdness that went along with that. A lot of their own insecurities and their inabilities to cope with the world led them to living a life of poverty where they weren't able to express themselves fully and, and have jobs that serve them and whatever. So I grew up poor. I grew up in chaos. And um, I, was, uh, I came from my own personal history. I have a mental health history where I was hospitalized at eight years old for the first time um, for severe anxiety and panic attacks and acting out violently. I first uh, attempted suicide at 10 years old and I was put into a group home. So I have a long mental health history, a long history of medication. And it wasn't until I was 28 years old that I said, enough is enough. I really need to take this into my own hands. And, um, and that's kind of like when Beck's life started to come to fruition through all the different things, through fitness, through yoga, through meditation and, and all of that. So the, the history is real. You know, mm -hmm. I've been there. And, you know, there's people that have definitely lived through greater hells than me, um, but I, that was my personal hell. And um, at this point in my life, though, grateful to say that that person who lived that life is completely unrecognizable to me. I mm -hmm. can't even imagine. So because I am living a bliss-filled life, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. What an amazing – like, I did not – know that at all. And it's just, thank you for sharing that and, and being so open and vulnerable. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that, that can relate to that story or at least parts of it or coming from really hard, a really hard upbringing. And, you know, it's just interesting. Like when you said, when I was 28, I just decided enough is enough. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, was it you were just tired of suffering? Was there, did you decide to listen to your intuition or what happened? So 28 years old, I was in the process of a very messy, um, angry divorce. Uh, it was a long, mutually abusive relationship. And that's just the best way to say it for the protection of all people involved. Um, but it was, um, it was something that was devastating me. And I was finding myself going back very, very, very deep into depression and anxiety. And I went to a general practitioner um, because I had been, I was, I was over a therapist. I was over a psychiatrist. I was over that whole thing. I said, I just need something that's going to make me feel better. Like, I, I just don't know what to do. And they immediately wanted to put me back on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they work for some people. They work for a lot of people. It just isn't my steez. And I had to find a better way. And thank goodness for the internet because I started, and I was already kind of, um, I was already into like health and nutrition. And I understood the benefits of that because I have two um, children who have um, uh, disabilities. So I, I've already been down that road with, with nutrition. 
but um i didn't i didn't know that exercise and diet could heal me from this from what i was feeling um so i started exploring that i joined the gym started working out with a trainer <laughs> and working out very aggressively um because i was in that place of feeling really uh, extreme in emotion. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do some extreme working out to work this out of me. And that was good for me. It lasted for a while. And, um, it brought me down, you know, the eventual path of finding things that are gentler and kinder and, you know, exploring things that would serve me better. And it led me to yoga. And then it led me to open up my meditation practice that I've had since I was 15 years old. Um, which was a natural progression for my prayer practice because I was raised in a Christian household and praying was something that we did do every day and I'm, I'm grateful for. But um, opening up my meditation practice to a wider public and, you know, here we are, here we are. So my, my audience has seen me through the process of my healing. They didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't get me at the end. They got me like right after this divorce that was a freaking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, single mom, three kids, food stamps, the whole spiel. So less than... 10 years ago, I was on food stamps. I was standing in line at, you know, my local welfare board trying to get food, trying to get money to pay my bills, but I couldn't. So just taking anything I could get. So it's not, it's not that far off in my history that I can't revisit it. But um, it's also exciting for me that it's not that far off because it shows how far that I've come and the potential for other people to come that far. Yeah. I love that. I think it's such a testimony to making a decision and it, it sounds like, um, I, I have, I have no idea if this was you or not, but in, in my experience, what I went through, um, I have obviously different circumstances, but I spent a long time blaming everybody else. Like I was like, well, it was, it was their fault. You know, I had a tumultuous relationship as well, a long one. And I was like, if he would just behave better, you know, (laughs) I would be a lot happier. And for me, I just, I got to a point, it was around the same age as as you. Mine was about 30 when everything fell apart. It was bad. It was really bad. And I just decided like, no more. Like I am tired of blaming everybody because I, I kind of felt like, well, the common denominator and like all this bullshit is me and maybe I actually have the power to change things. See, and that's, that's what's exciting. So mm-hmm. it's funny because I'll, I'll talk about this all the time um, on my live periscopes that I do every Monday through Friday. And at 11, I'll 11 say, a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Get that in really quick. Um, I talk about this, this idea of this personal responsibility and how happiness is a choice that you make. This is not me saying that shit doesn't happen. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not Oh, sorry. So this, oh, no, you can't. I mean, I, my business has the word ass in it. You can say bad words. So this isn't me saying that bad stuff doesn't happen, that you're not going through it, that you're not hurting, that you're not in pain. And um, I had this conversation very recently and someone said, so what do you struggle with? What's hard for you? And my answer when I really dug deep was absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing's hard for me. There are obstacles. I have stuff that gets in my way. But because I know, because I take personal responsibility, not in everything that happens to me, but I take responsibility in my part and what I can control. And I know that happiness is a choice. Nothing's hard. It just is. And then I just deal with it. I find a way around it, over it, through it, whatever. So, and, and I, and I believe in myself fully to be able to do that. Um, so yes, there are, there are challenges, but that doesn't mean that they are challenging. And that's the difference. Mm. Is that God calling? No, that was, that's, that is my, and this, thank you, Mac. That is my phone attached to my computer and there's no way for me to unhook it. And it just does this thing. <laughs> that's okay. It's a challenge. That's I just hit decline. It's not a big deal. We get over it very quickly. 
<laughs> okay. Well, and I, I love that perspective. And it's it's interesting because I feel like you need to find perspectives that work for you because I don't have I have a different one. Like I I do think that sometimes life is hard. But mm-hmm. I'm okay with saying that. Like I don't I don't I'm not a martyr about it. Like oh my god, it's so hard and I can't do this. I'm like life is hard and guess what, y'all? I have the tools to get through it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just depends. And like, I don't, I don't use that as an out at all. And I don't, I don't expect anyone else to either. Like I, but I just, I'm under the belief that I love, um, Glennon Doyle Melton of Momistry says, um, life is hard, not just because, not because we're doing it wrong, just because sometimes it's hard. And like, I just, I think that it, I think that it is. And, but I love that, you know, we can have different perspectives on it and you have to find one that just works for you. And for me, that works for me. I think that what works, there's this kind of universal truth that does work for everybody. And I think that we have different language to describe it, but I feel like we're saying the same thing Mm -hmm. because things don't, aren't necessarily hard for me because it's just not the way that I internalize like outside stuff coming at me. And you can say that you can say this stuff's hard. That's cool. But then you have the tools. So you have the power to access the tools. And sometimes those tools are help. Sometimes you don't do it all by yourself, but because you have a voice, you can say, I need help with this. This is too much for me. And that's cool too. So I know that the tools are always available to me. Mm -hmm. I just have to to look for them. So that's, uh, yeah. I I love that. Okay. So let's talk about priorities because you, when we were emailing back and forth about this, you said, I'm kind of like a no bullshit, no excuses girl when it comes to making time for anything. And so there you are over there, you run two businesses, you, um, you, we were just talking about this before you do your own taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh gosh, but that's you have a mistake. Five children, one of whom is about to turn 18 and one that you're still nursing. So yeah. let's talk about setting priorities. What is your, like, where do you even start with that with your people? First of all, when people read my bio, it makes me think like, what the hell am I thinking? Like <laughs> I have one going to college, <laughs> life is that? another one. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> Setting priorities. Well, it's simply about stuff I like to do and what I don't like to do and making decisions about those types of things in my life. So I spend a lot of time doing the things that I enjoy and that feed my soul or feed my family. And I don't spend a lot of time doing things I don't like. And the things that are tedious or feel like drudgery, even in my business, even a business that I love so much, I at least recognize that those are things that are serving me really well. So I still show up with, with joy to the task. So I don't love writing my newsletter, but God, when I write the newsletter, the money that comes in (laughs) feels really good. And it allows me to do even more things for people, for my family, whatever. So I do come at, I do show up for things with joy. Um, and prioritizing, when you come from that angle, it's so easy. I spend my whole day doing stuff I like. And um, I'm a big list maker. I love that. But I know also that I can't show up for anything unless I'm taking time for myself, unless I'm treating myself well. And that comes in the form of meditation, taking a few minutes a day just to connect with myself before I do anything else. Also, a meditation, a practice of... um being aware and hyper aware of how situations or are going to serve me. So when I see a phone number come up, I do on, you know, my caller ID and it's from somebody I particularly do not want to talk to. I'll have that conversation. How will answering the phone right now serve me? Mm-hmm. How will I get rid of this person forever? Great. I'll answer this phone. Or is it just going to be another negative conversation that I don't want to have right now? Then I don't. So I have this constant mini meditation that lasts two seconds. How will this serve me? the answer comes instantly because I'm used to connecting with myself and 
that's another way to prioritize. We spend a lot of time, all of us, doing stuff that we don't need to do, that doesn't serve us, and it is for no greater good. Mm-hmm. That's why I took the Facebook app off my phone. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I'm serious. Changed my life. I watch like two hours of Housewives every single day, which is also funny because people say, how do you do it all? I'm so busy. And I'm like, girl, please. I watch so much Housewives and reality. (laughs) I have time for that. And Uh and two businesses and help my husband with his and do all the stuff I do. Like you have time. Don't even even start. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us a little bit about these four minute meditations because that's like your thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Coming from someone who like, well, let me let me back up because I know that you have. Um, I I read a post where you were talking about meditation for beginners, and I think it was something along the lines of, it doesn't have to be a certain amount of time. You don't have to sit perfectly, and you don't have to. It was like myths or something. Like you don't have to completely clear your mind, and that was my trip up for a long time. I'm like, clearly, I'm doing it wrong because I'm still thinking <laughs> while I'm meditating. Well. That okay. So here's the thing, and this is and this is my biggest issue with modern day gurus, um, or you know what, gurus throughout time is that it's my way or the highway, and I am not a subscriber of that philosophy. To that philosophy, I think that that's complete BS. I think there are many paths to the the one truth, and with meditation especially, which is something that I think people need to be doing every single day. Don't make Beck be- mad, y'all. <laughs> Don't make mad. You have to be doing this every single day. If I then start to create barriers to entry for that practice, then who am I serving? So if I tell you, you have to sit on a mountain in your underwear and you know sit perfectly still up straight and not think of anything, like no one can do that. If I tell you it's going to take you 20 minutes every morning and every night, there's going to be a whole bunch of people who cannot do that. So if I say, look, I don't even care if you get rid of all the thoughts in your head. I don't care if you only spend 10 breath cycles in this if you just connect with yourself in the way that say, I am worth this time. I am worth 10 breaths. If you do it before you poop in the morning, I don't care where you do it, how you do it. Just take a little bit of time of stillness to acknowledge that you're a human being worthy of spending time on. And that's enough. When you start doing that and you start feeling all the benefits and how good it feels to just treat yourself nicely, then it becomes a practice. It becomes a habit. And then you want a little bit more and a little bit more. So now I can go sit with a master guru in quotation marks for two or three hours at a time with my legs crossed, sitting up perfectly straight and tall, you know, void of a lot of thoughts. Maybe I just have one thought in my head and it's easy for me, but that's because I've spent 20 some years Mm -hmm. connecting with myself on a daily basis. And it still serves me to sometimes spend just two or three or four minutes or half a second when you're about to answer your phone. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so easy. It's all so easy. And and I love that. Does four minutes represent anything or is it just like one minute less (laughs) than five and so four minutes when I first started on YouTube and I was doing fitness, I had a series of videos um, using the Tabata method. So it's a four minute okay. cycle. Uh-huh. So you have four minutes and it was telling people they had no excuse not to exercise. So natural progression. I said, you know what? You have four minutes for meditation too. So that's how it was born. And um, I had been doing short meditations because I, I didn't have the time and I really didn't even want to spend that much time away from my family or my other things that I had to do. So it fit perfectly. <laughs> Okay, and if anybody, you know, if you don't take anything away from this whole podcast, you guys, I want you just to at least have four minutes of meditation before you poop in the morning. Yes. 
before, after. If it's an emergency, you can wait. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be thinking about that the whole time you're you're meditating. But I, I I love that, and I was I was actually on it for a while. And um, my whole dilemma is like I really want to do it before like first thing in the morning, and we have to get it pretty damn early for school around here. And I'm like, I would rather sleep an extra four minutes. But four minutes, like, come on, that's really not that big of a deal. It's just it, four minutes. It's it's really four minutes, and you have to think about what that time really is. It's a commercial break between mm-hmm. whatever. It's. I, another thing that I like to do is called transitional meditation transitions between two activities. And I think it's important to take many, many pauses throughout our day. So if you don't do it first thing in the morning, maybe you've dropped your kids off from school. Maybe you're just, you know, coming into work or you're just sitting in your driveway in the morning first between errands, between activities, take that four minutes then. So I will go to the grocery store. I'll come home. Actually, I just lied because I don't grocery shop. My husband does it all. So I'll go, <laughs> I'll go to Target and I'll come home and then I'm sitting in my driveway and I can see their little tiny faces like pressed up against the window and waiting for me to come inside. But it's like, you know what? I reject you at this moment, child. Mm-hmm. I'll give this time for myself and I'll just take a couple minutes sitting in the driveway. That didn't take away from anybody, but it also teaches them, especially when they can see me, that mom is taking time for herself. She is saying that she is worthy and that teaches them how to take care of themselves too. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I live, I let you watch um, me do it. That comes from my favorite parenting quote ever. It's my father did not teach me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's how we should all be learning. Let's talk more showing up for the people that we love. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I love that. That gave me goosebumps. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I, I kind of got lost in that a little bit. I just, I wanted to share real quick is, you know, cause again, meditation's been, been a challenge. I'll, I'll use your word, a challenge. And challenge. what I decided is, you know, I was, cause I was making up that it needed to look a certain way. And one of the things I love to do, and this actually was birthed from soul camp because of all the dancing that happens at soul camp. And I forgot how much I love it and how much it just lights me up and like puts me in a place of like where I don't, where I'm totally present. Like I'm not thinking about my to-do list. I'm not thinking about really anything. And so what I've been doing now is my iPad pretty much sits on the dock in, in our, um, during the day downstairs. And when I go to warm up my coffee, which I know you don't drink anymore, but we're not going to talk about that. When I go... (laughs) When I go downstairs to have lunch, like anytime I have to go downstairs is I put Spotify on, on my favorite songs and I dance and I sing. And so Beautiful. that to me is a meditation because I'm doing something really creative, like where I am losing myself and I, that is like time to, to for me. And I call that my own meditation. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second because meditation, let's talk about the definitions of it. So I love the idea of meditation as a time to get quiet and connect with yourself and try to only, um, observe, observe as a, an outside person or an outside, you know, entity to just see what's going on and to look at your thought patterns and whatever with curiosity and not judgment. I also love meditation as the idea of being anything that gets you into the zone, into that zone where you become automatic where your subconscious is taking over, like even like, think about like when you're driving and you kind of zone out and you get somewhere and you didn't even realize like how did did I make that turn? Like how did I get home? Because it's so automatic for you. So get into that zone where you're moving automatically, but you're just completely like inside yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that running, dancing, 
basketball players, athletes talk about getting into the zone where they're just, they're just, it's just such a knowing of like how everything's moving and everything's moving well. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooking, whatever it is that just makes you that you're in that place where you're just like, yeah, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Like this feels right. Like I'm in total alignment. That's a meditation. Um, And, and do that every day. Yeah. Find that, find that sweet spot every single day that you can be in that zone just for a little bit. I love that. I am going to, I am going to do your four minute meditations though. Okay. I would like that. (laughs) I'll let you know how it goes. Post a review. (laughs) I will. I will. And I, you also like to talk about removing blocks that show up as excuses. So Uh, where do you start with that? Like, how do you love to remove blocks and help people remove their own blocks? Well, it's kind of like the fear removal exercise. Is this a real fear or is this something that I'm making up? Um, so I look at that with blocks. Like, is this something that can really either physically, it's usually physically, because if it can't physically stop me, then energetically I can overcome anything. But is this something that's real? Is this something that is truly stopping me? So, um, like a zombie would be like, (laughs) I'm afraid of zombies, by the way. Like that would be a real fear. (laughs) That's not a real fear. (laughs) You don't know that facts. I I fixed that for you. I know. I know it. (laughs) So I had, um, I was never able to sing in public. I love singing. I love it so much. The origin of the story is I was in the car with my ex-husband one day, a long, long time ago, and he looked over to me while I was singing gleefully because I love to sing. And he said, do you ever sing in key? And it destroyed me. Uh And it was just like, it's like one of those things. It destroyed me. And I didn't sing for the next 10 years. Um, I did a hypnosis session. (laughs) <laughs> to with our friend Rachel Dialto? No, I did oh. it with friend Grace Smith. I did a hypnosis session with her before Rachel was practicing hypnosis. And I um I discovered things in hypnosis, which is much like meditation. And now I repractice it, I revisit it in my meditations, that showed me that this was this was a block that I was creating for myself. This was something that was completely about me. And it was such a huge visceral fear. Like I felt sick at the idea of singing in front of people, but I had created that for myself. And for my husband's 40th birthday that, that passed recently, I made him, I wrote a song and I sang it for him and I made a little video and I posted it on the internet. So everyone saw it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was completely easy for me to do. That block wasn't real. The block wasn't real. There are things that get in our way. There could be financial obstacles. There can be people that get in our way of doing things. They're trying to create obstacles for us. But I have to ask myself, is it real? Is it something that I'm making up? And if it is real, do I have control over this? What is my participation if I have any bit of control, responsibility, or participation, then I can address it. That is so empowering for me. I get so excited about it. I love when I think like, oh, wait a minute, that person doesn't have total control. Even if they have 90%, I still have that 10% that I can you know, make some change. Um, so it, it's just that process. It's very logical. It's not woo-woo. It's not science. It's just, is it real? Is it not real? Do I have any control? Yes. Great. I'll change it. No. What then who cares? And I'll just walk away. I have no control. I just have to like give it up to God and whatever. Mm-hmm. Very it, easy. It sounds to me like, and you know, and that I've been talking to you over the last 25 or so minutes is that what you do is you just get really, really curious about yeah. your thoughts and your judgments and your feelings and emotions. That's what meditation is. It's a practice in getting curious. It's looking inside from an outside point of view that is completely objective 
that is saying, I'm not judging you. I don't care what comes up. I don't care what's going on in your head. I'm just wondering why it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why you're thinking that thought. And I do it so often and, I, and my practice is so developed and anyone can get here just by constant practice that when I ask myself a question in meditation where it's like, hmm, I'm super pissed off at my husband today. What's that? Is that him? Is it me? Whatever. The answer comes up like a knowing. I don't even have to wait. It's not a voice. Things aren't talking to me. It's not weird. It's just a knowing that like, oh, that's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I'm quicker to apologize. I'm way better at um, compassionate confrontation. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that way. Like I can have conversations that don't hurt people. I can speak my truth freely though. I feel listened to. My relationships are better. I have like amazing women in my life. I don't have any more mean girls. Uh, it's just, I'm showing up for myself. So it allows me to show up for other people. And it also, it, it's just about treating myself well. I'm done with judging myself. It's like, I am what I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the ultimate act of self-love is, is what it really comes down to. And yeah. I, I love this. And I, I can't believe it took me 25 freaking minutes to figure out. Like, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> you and I and all of my cronies are saying the same thing. We just say it in a different language kind of. Yeah. And, and I love that. And it's so interesting because a lot of the work that I do is, is based on the research of Dr. Brene Brown and her fourth book mm-hmm. that just came out this year um, rising strong, she talks about, and this is based in research about, she yeah. calls it the reckoning and like getting really curious about stuff. And, and I know for my people and a lot of the people that follow Brene is that we like to think in absolutes. Like we like things to be black and white and we like certainty, like sign me yeah. up for that. <laughs> me too though. I mean, like, why wouldn't you want that? Right. I look, I'm very, I'm a curious person and, I, but I love to learn. Well, and I love to learn. Um, but I don't love getting answers that like, it could be this, it could be that. It's like, no, like, tell me how it is. And I think that there, the certainty is out there. You just have to keep looking for it. And that's been um, the whole point of my explore, exploration because I want to heal. I don't want to maybe get better. I want to absolutely get better. I want to absolutely be successful. I want to have happiness. I want these things. So I am going to find the methods. I'm going to keep searching, keep looking until I find them. So I love Brene Brown. I love stuff that's, that's based in research. I love science. I love experiments, mm-hmm. which is what this is. We're experimenting with self-love and how it works and all those things and meditation, whatever. Um, but I'm finding the more and more I look, the more certain I become and the more certainties I find because I do believe in this, in this single truth, which is really that it, it does. Okay. I'm going to say something corny, but it comes down to love. And I talk about our shared purpose every single day on Periscope. It's to love and to be loved, to learn and to teach. It's why we're here. And if we're doing those things, we're not only living our purpose, but we are finding our happiness and we're living in our bliss. So mm-hmm. it's just easy. Put that just on keep a t-shirt. Doing I know. So many t-shirts. <laughs> this episode yes well and I and I even okay so just what we've just been talking about the past couple minutes about getting curious and I I talk a lot about the inner critic and that voice in in your head that tells you you aren't good enough like in a in a very short (laughs) description tells us that we're not good enough it can look a lot of different things um that was one of the very first lessons I got when I first started in my my personal development journey was learning about that and I was like I mean talk about floored I'm like you mean 
that isn't my truth. Like that's, and I think that that's common for so many people. They just live on this broken record and of like, I'm not good enough and I can't go for that promotion and I can't start dating until I lose 10 pounds. And we accept that as truth. And so what if y'all listening, what if you can just get curious about that? Ask yourself, like, is it a truth? What if I tried on a different thought? What if it wasn't the truth? What if I had some, just, or even like, even ask yourself why, like, where did that come from? Yeah, that's the good one. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Because it started. Because let me tell you something. If you are a parent, you know that kids are born with their souls on fire. Mm-hmm. Like they they don't have fear. And I talk about this a lot, like especially watching my um, littlest one, baby number five, learn how to walk and how she falls down 50,000 times and doesn't care. She'll keep doing it until she walks. She's determined. She knows that that is her destiny to be a walker. And it's not until we come in as parents and go, oh, be careful, or oh, watch yourself on that thing, which is like, we need to do that. We need to protect them. But how many times have we been, um, or we've had doubt, doubt has been put upon us by well-meaning people, people who cared about us and loved us and told us that, you know, maybe you shouldn't go for that college because you might get rejected, or maybe that job's not for you because it's a little bit out of your league, like things like Mm. that, that weren't even from hateful things, like you know, my parents loved me, but they did a lot of damage even with their love. Right. And I need to acknowledge that. So I can say now, and I'm going to sound, maybe it's not my ego, I swear, I'm saying this out of love, but I can say now that there isn't an ounce of doubt in me on what my capabilities are, except I can't be a ballerina and I'm not good at swimming, so I'll probably never like win an Olympic medal. <laughs> like, there's, there's things I'm just not going after, but I just don't have doubt. And when it does, you know, come up, a little something like oh maybe I'm out of my league I'm like writing this book and you know whatever it's it's more about what other people are going to think of me Mm -hmm. and so I say okay I don't have complete control about what other people think of me but I can show up as someone who believes in myself and when I've done that when I show up as someone sometimes faking it until I make it but show up as someone who believes in myself people believe it they're like oh wait she is someone who deserves a tv show or can write a book or can do all the things that she's saying that she can do. So mm-hmm. that's been a practice too, just kind of lying, <laughs> just lying to people. And it works. <laughs> I get all the things that I want, but uh, the doubt, it just doesn't serve me. It's another thing. Like, how does this feeling serve me? It doesn't, it's mm-hmm. not really protecting me from anything. Me saying that I'm not someone who can get a book deal doesn't, it only protects me from not getting a book deal. Right. The answer is going to be no. <laughs> <laughs> so stop doing that. Put that on your list. Everyone who's listening. <laughs> yes, I can I can so relate to all of that and in the success and and that kind of stuff. And I know for me when I started to go through that journey and like once I I started to implement the tools and and use them and and things started to shift and it was like earthquake. <laughs> I went kind of like on the fast track to personal development. Like I went through such shit. I was like, I am going to, I'm going to get an A in personal development and have my spreadsheet and, and gold stars. And then I, (laughs) you know how that turned out. Right. And then, no, it went, it did, it went really well. But I, what Mm -hmm. I can relate to is that is, is slowly and surely is that intuition voice saying like, Hey, you are destined for like, really awesome thing. So keep going. And then that scared the hell out of me. And I was like, I don't know about that voice. I don't know who you are. But it just, for me, it was a practice of listening to it and getting curious about it and talking about it with other people that kind of got it. So Mm -hmm. please find your tribe, everybody listening, find them, keep looking. We are here to be with each other. That's why I say it's like to love and to be loved, to learn from other people and to teach. It's, it's, 
we need to co-inspire. We, we're in this together. We're not put here on this earth to be islands. So if you're not feeling it, for yourself, find people who will help you to feel it. Find people. That's huge. You have to have those people around you. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I have um, one more question for you, and it's the most question, important question of the day. What, is where can, day? <laughs> where can people find you if they want to hear more of you? And we already mentioned that you are on Periscope. It's every Friday, right? Every Monday through Friday. Oh, every every five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. At 11, 11 <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Okay, well, I'll tell you, um, they can go to Bexlife.com. So it's bexlife.com, easy. And you can find me at Bexlife on every single platform except Snapchat because I just don't get it. But everywhere else you can find me. I don't do Snapchat either. Yeah, it's, it's for the kids. Okay, and for dick pics. <laughs> I don't have one of those either. <laughs> I don't either. I don't want to get into it because then probably people will start sending them to me. So <laughs> let's just skip that conversation. So Bexlife.com and Bexlife everywhere, B-E-X life. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so fun and for sharing your wisdom. And and you guys follow her on Periscope. I watch your scope sometimes and, and you're so fun to watch and your people love you to death. And you've built such a great community and a, and a great um, message out there. So keep doing what you're doing. And Thank I've you. just loved having you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So uh, again, we would love for you to share this episode if you are feeling so inspired. Yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven five is where you will find all the links to everything Beth's talked about and to her website and all those great things. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.